Hello and welcome to the Oslo Raw podcast with me, Tiri Lerefsum, the founder and owner of Scandinavia's leading plant-based cafe chain and wellness concept, Oslo Raw, which is all about pleasure and finding happiness in the smallest of things. And of course, eat a lot of raw chocolate cake. I started Oslo Raw back in 2016 because I wanted to share my passion for healthy foods and raw cakes after a long time of being burned out exhausted and not really taking care of myself and after just one year of running my first cafe I had 17 employees and published my first best-selling cookbook and today we are a team of over 35 members with multiple cafes and a bakery and another best-selling book as well as running this podcast on this show I invite in inspiring people who share their challenges life stories and ideas with us We talk about business, career, health, and how to optimize yourself and serve the world. And today I have um, the pleasure of chatting with Caroline Feebeck, a hormone expert. And she explains how, by understanding and supporting our cycle, we can obtain the well-being we all seek. And we talk about how the focus on being healthy and de-stressing can work the opposite way. She breaks down the process of detoxing and what we should take in consideration before we embark on a strict diet or fast. We chat about coffee, sex, raw cakes, the positive sides of stress, raw chocolate and how to manage daily life with more intimacy, connection and well-being. Caroline is a naturopath, author of several books, is a specialist in women's hormone system, infertility and female imbalances. And since 2007, she has helped thousands of women recovering from hormonal imbalances through her clinic and online courses. I hope you enjoy the episode. Lean back, bring some raw chocolate, maybe a cup of tea and enjoy. Warmly welcome to you, Caroline. Thank you. It's so nice to have you here. You are the first one I wanted on this podcast. I asked you on Instagram for a year ago, and I don't think you have yeah. seen the message, but I, the way you balance, you know, the perspectives of health has inspired me a lot to find rest in my daily life and also coming back to pleasure as a way of healing that uh, we don't have to be perfect and cleanse and go all raw or vegan to feel really good. But where you are now, you have come really far away. But where did you start? What is your your journey? Well, my journey is, you know, I've never really had a a real job. (laughs) I I just started out with this because it's my passion. I'm, I'm 38 now. So I've been doing this for a long time now. Um, And I had my first kid when I was 23. Um, And that was kind of, you know, when you become a mom, you realize, first of all, when you're pregnant, that, you know, everything you put into your body, um, it has a purpose, you know, it's nurturing other people than just you. Um, And that was kind of the first insight I had when, I really got this interest of nutrition and biochemistry and all of that. Um, But then um, as I became a mother and, you know, having a baby and a toddler, I realized how important pleasure is. 
and how important it, it was to nurture myself with other things than just green smoothies and, and things like that, you know, to really take care of just me. Um, because when you become a mother, you know, you kind of forget about yourself for uh, a while and you have to do that. Um, you know, in the first couple of months, it's just like, I've got 10 minutes. What do I do? Go to the toilet, take a bath, or do I eat? <laughs> or do I sleep? So you really get, I think every new mom gets so pushed to her outer limit, but that also makes it really important to take care of yourself in like everyday rituals. Um, so even just a kind of short time pleasure, you know, just sitting, breathing, reading like a page in one book instead of, you know, what you might be used to. Um, uh, pleasure, you know, going to yoga class or um, going out with your friends and talking all night with girlfriends. You know, you can really do that when you're a new mom. Everything has to be divided into small sections when the baby is asleep and kind of getting your own rest is more important than anything. Uh, sometimes even than peeing or going to the toilet. Um, so that was when I first got that interest. And I've always been kind of working with women. I think it wasn't really a choice of mine. It's just that I'm, I'm a naturopath. So most people that seek alternative healthcare are just women. And then along the road, you know, they drag their husbands as, as well, and then your children, but it always starts with the women. Um, and I could see all of those problems with taking care of themselves and self-nurturing um, just like I had. And I thought, wow, this, this is a real thing, you know, it's not just me that that's having a hard time taking care of myself, it's other women as well. And I started incorporating chocolate and pleasure and raw cakes uh, into that, um, the regimen that I gave to my clients. And it really worked. So kind of raw cakes and chocolate became my passion. Um, and all of the things about pleasure and nurturing, nurturing besides just, you know, uh, nurturing like in the biochemical ways of, of uh, eating healthy, but really nurturing yourself and listening to, to what your body demands of you. Uh, that became my, my true passion. And um, I could really see that it helped with all of those women as well. Um, and then, you know, a publisher came to me and said, uh, do you want to publish a book about raw cakes? And I said, yeah, well, okay. It's not enough. It's not, you know, it's not my real job or anything. I'm not a chef or anything, but it was my passion. It was kind of my hobby. Um, and that's how it all funneled that way. And I met some people in the raw food business, making restaurants. And, and we made the, um, I was hired as a consultant for the first raw restaurant in, in Denmark called 42 Raw. And we made that together and it kind of just all went from there. <laughs> but were you raw at that point? I was, <clears throat> sorry, <laughs> I was about 75% raw or something like that. I've never been vegan. I've been a vegetarian for a long while, um, but I've never been like 100% raw. I was always like 75% raw and then some eggs or fish on the side. 
Yeah, because that many people are kind of in the struggle between that. Shall I be vegan? Shall I be raw? Shall I eat meat? What's dangerous? Like it's a conflict. And that is um, like for me, my history as well, I've been very much into the vegan, but then I didn't feel really well. And I also like what is mental, like a thing you project on the food. I mean, what's real? And you are working with this a lot, you know, uh, creating recipes and, and healing um, through food but you have a very balanced um, plate now yes <laughs> I do uh, in every way actually because I think that there's a lot of things that are so much more important than food because when you work with um, hormones like I do um, it's kind of my main thing um, and endocrinology you see that that the the thing the factor that that affects almost all bodily systems is stress you know it affects your your neurotransmitter systems your brain shrinks it affects your digestion you can see that that secretorial iga um, goes down when you're really stressed and that's kind of um, an immune substance that's put, that protects your your um, mucous membrane in your digestive tract and then you can get all kinds of allergies or leaky gut syndrome. And it even affects your liver's uh, detoxification systems, you know? So every enzyme in the body is, is affected when you're stressed, when you sleep too little. You know, we talk so much about anti-inflammatory um, diets and stuff like that, but there's nothing more inflammatory, well, perhaps smoking, <laughs> than, than sitting all day by a computer or sleeping too little. Um, but we don't really talk about those things. And I, I've put together these, the online courses that I do, we call them, um, you know, it's a Danish word, so it's a bit hard to translate, uh, but we call them kua. And in Danish, the word kua, Norwegian, I think as well, um, the word is um, a mixture of diet and cure. That's kind of the same word um, in Danish but it comes from the Latin word cura. And cura means to cure or to nurture and to take care of. And we kind of wanted to, to put that original meaning back into the word dieting or, or um, um, so we wanted to, 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 to talk to all of the women that dieting and going on, on diets, it's not about just what you eat, it's so much more, it's, it's how you treat yourself. That's actually kind of a slogan on my British website. Yes. Treat. <laughs> Treat yeah. yourself. Um, what are you saying? So much more important is taking care of yourself and nurturing yourself in kind of more of the spiritual way and take managing your stress levels more than just saying, you know, meditate one hour each day, go to yoga. Because if you're really stressed, stressed is so much more than just the things that you actually do. Um, it's... I work with this thesis that um, I'm actually kind of kind of hobby writing on a new book. Um, and I think you're the first that I tell about actually. <laughs> and it's called The Pleasure Diet um, because it's about how you, you know, the theory is that there's so many studies showing how detrimental stresses and cortisol and adrenaline is for your bodily systems. But there's also a lot of studies indicating that um, that oxytocin kind of counterbalance the stress of life. 
and you know you you um, produce more oxytocin uh, when you're in love and when you do things that feel good and I, I usually tell my students that it's like the, the difference you know everybody knows that feeling of being stressed the the short time stress where you just um, you feel you know your heart rate goes up and you you get heart palpitations you sweat a lot you know it's just the adrenaline um, so everybody knows that feeling and we experience it so many times during the day you know um, you know you get a stressful email you have to do all of the tasks today at work and you have to go get your kids and you can't be late at anything and you have to do your household chores and you know there's such a long list that we have to do that we keep doing going on adrenaline you know we push ourselves our bodies to the limit um, and getting energized from adrenaline so we push ourselves all of the time but to counterbalance that feeling, instead of just saying, I can't be stressed, I can't be stressed. Um, I say, get that other feeling that is the feeling of oxytocin, the feeling of pleasure. And I kind of illustrate it with, you have that feeling of adrenaline and stress going on. And the feeling of pleasure or oxytocin is, you know, that feeling when you go to the hairdressers and she, she kind of tingles in the back of your, your neck and it feels amazing. And, and all of your body kind of tingles and you just, it's so satisfying. That feeling kind of counterbalance the adrenaline feeling. So how many times, if you have like a weight, how many times do you feel the adrenaline feeling? And how many times a day do you feel the oxytocin feeling? And that kind of push it, pushes it, you know, you can see clearly that most of us really don't take that well care of ourselves, even though that do green smoothies and, you know, do all of those supposedly healthy things. I think that if you're not balanced in your cortisol and your oxytocin, it doesn't really matter how many green smoothies you drink. That's kind of pleasure first. That is my business plan you know what you said yeah. not like what I built everything on because it's yeah. so back to nature and normal and I feel so stressed when I'm gonna stop stressing it's like yeah. another thing to do and I'm like oh, I sh oh fuck I didn't manage that yoga class okay breathing uh, yoga uh, green juice that all those things that gonna get me into balance makes me really stressed you know f first thing in the morning meditate then a celery juice then smoothies for the whole family and maybe the other should have juices as well okay and you know a slow juice it takes some time and then I <laughs> well one hour I'm like oh fuck so tired already of all the things what if I exchanged that with staying in bed with my child you know and kissing my husband yes instead and then maybe have a hot chocolate on the way you know and that is, I, I hope women start to embrace that because we put so much pressure on ourselves. And I know a few people that don't really care about diets, but they embrace life so much. And they are the healthiest people I know. They laugh so much. You know, they like, they love life. They think so positive and they have deep, good relationships. That is such an inspiration. I think that is the long-term solution because yes. you know these trends makes us stress oh now it's broth and bulletproof coffee and then it's no, no green juice and then green juice it's all these trends that got sticks in our head and we we feel like oh now I have control of my body yes yeah. now I understand how to be healthy but it's just a 
it's just um, like a detour. We're not really going into the core. I think we are scared of feeling and actually what do we want to clean out? Because when you sent a newsletter a year ago, two years ago, what the fuck is detox? I remember this really well (laughs) because I was like, ah, finally another perspective on detox because it's so trendy to to clean up. And especially for me in in the raw food world um, where we're so sensitive and we feel everything, you know? Yeah. And we're like, oh, I have to be so clean and I, like meat is dirty and we judge things. And, and when I read that email, I felt, oh, there, there's another way of cleansing. So could you talk a little bit about detox and what is yeah, I can. that word? I could like talk forever about that. <laughs> because the, the truth is that, you know, everybody detoxes all of the time. I kind of, I really don't like that word detoxing because it's got so miss it's it's such a confusing concept and it's been kind of hijacked by this detox industry that you can do detox teas and slimming teas and all sorts of crap that has nothing to do with detoxing because in reality your 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 body takes care of all that stuff on itself you know all of the time without you doing anything Um, And then, you know, there is, of course, some people that are kind of have an inhibited detoxification system. I like to 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 um, call it like, you you know, your liver does most of your detoxification, but not like in a way that you need a liver cleanse, like like it's clogged, like your plumbing systems or your toilet. It kind of sounds like that when you read about it on the internet a lot of the time, but it's not like that. You, you know, your liver goes, it has two phases. It goes into in the first phase one, you know, it kind of makes everything more toxic, but then it binds it to nutritional compounds like sulfur or um, glucuronic acid. And it, it binds it and then it gets taken out and it, it's not dangerous anymore. And then you take it out of the body you excrete it. Um, but some people, as those comp- components that you, you bind to are derived from the nutrition that you eat. It could be like amino acids from protein. Um, you, have to, you have to get enough of those nutrients. And as those nutrients are often um, found in, it's, it's uh, amino acids, most of them, um, you know, it's, it makes no sense to say, go on a green juice cleanse where you don't really get a lot of amino acids. You know, most of the amino acids you would find in meat or dairy or things like that. Um, so it, it, you can actually deprive your body of those cofactors you need to detoxify your body. Um, so it's kind of just so, so mixed up because... People are talking about the body like it's a machine or, or it's your plumbing system at home. <laughs> you know, the body is biochemistry. It doesn't work like that. And, and furthermore, you could also, if you go around and you're stressed, you inhibit those enzymes in your liver that's supposed to do the detoxification. Um, so, so there's um, kind of a lot of misunderstandings about detox and detoxification does not work the the way that most people understand it um 
Ja. <laughs> my, my dog just started to... Yeah, it's a part of sick dude. Please continue. Yeah. You know, in, we, we call, instead of calling it detox, we call it biotransformation because that's actually the work that the liver does. It takes one compound and it transforms it into another compound. And you know, I, I mostly talk about um, biotransformation in the terms of breaking down hormones because that's where it's really, really relevant to talk about. And it's so much more complicated than most people think. So if you just go in a salary juice cleanse, you know, it's not going to do anything good for your hormones or, or any other kind of, of system. You know, it might get you really hydrated, <laughs> but you're going to miss out. And most of those nutrients that are important for your liver's detoxification or biotransformation of, um, of other compounds and, and, a lot of the times that can be hormones. So when you break down the hormones that you produce in your body, say toxins can come from, you know, the outside, what we breathe and uh, what we eat and what we put on our skin and yeah, you know, all of that. But it also comes from the inside. So all of the, the stuff that you produce inside of your body, when it's used, it also has to be broken down and taken out of the body. So that's the same for hormones and especially estrogen because estrogens can be transformed. If you do not have enough of those um, compounds that you need in the second phase of detoxification, you get kind of a problem because they get broken down the wrong way. It's called um, intermediate metabolites. Uh, and these estrogen metabolites can actually be more harmful than estrogen on its own. The, the intact and non, not broken down estrogen. So you need those compounds to break down estrogen. Um, and some people do that all on their own, you know, there's no problem um, because it's all in your genes, not your genes, your genes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds so similar. Um, and um, we do, I have, I run this educational system um, in complementary hormone therapy where we, we uh, do um, genetic testing, not like 23andMe, we get all of these information about your genome, but we do specific gene tests from only the, the, the genes, um, the SNPs, single nucleotide polymorphisms that are kind of variations in genes um, that you can see in a genetic test. But we only test for those uh, genes that we know you can do something about. Like you have the BRCA gene where, you know, there's not lo a lot of studies regarding nutrition about what you can do for it. So we don't test for that. Uh, but we only do testing for those genes that you know you can do something about. And um, the COP gene is a really good gene to, to test uh, for because it's um, it has to do with your estrogen metabolism and your adrenaline metabolism as well. Um, so it's kind of like um, it's an enzyme, uh, catechol O-methyltransferase, it's called, um, that 
in the second phase of your liver's detoxification, amongst others, um, make sure you get your, um, your phase one estrogen products methylated. So it binds to a methyl group and it gets carried out of your body. Um, but some people have um, a variation in this gene so that they don't make a, a lot or not enough of this enzyme. And then they won't have enough of these components in a phase two to bind the, the phase one estrogens. And then they don't get, um, then they stay harmful, you can say. Um, and they can actually be involved in, in um, causing cancer and proliferation of, of estrogen sensitive tissue like breasts or the uterus. So that's really what we need to talk about when we talk about detoxification. It's gotten so simplified and dumbed down, you know, to fit in a newsletter or fit in a, a, in a women's magazine to talk about detox like that but it, it doesn't really work like that. And actually um, detox biotransformation is one of the most um, energy, um, it, it takes so much energy to keep this process going. And where do we get the energy from? From the food that we eat. So if you go in a cleanse, like a juice cleanse or a fasting, you know, you, you don't really get a lot of calories and you don't have a lot of energy to keep these processes going. And furthermore, you don't get enough of those amino acids that are vital for this detoxification process. If we feel that we need a detox, we feel sluggish, we feel slow, tired, and we eat really well. It's tempting to just stop eating. I have that feeling like, oh, I'll just get the food away. I just want to clean, which yeah. is... Um, I think a lot of people have the, like, the opposite. If we're really tired, we just want to eat more. Yeah, what like which five steps can we embark on if we want to do a empowering cleanse that actually it's not about starving but it's more about resetting the body? Yeah. What what do we do? Sleep. Sleep a lot because it's during your own sleep that the body regenerates. That's the real cleanse. You know when you sleep and you wake up there's this commercial for, for beds, at least in Scandinavia, <laughs> where they, they tell you how many liters of sweat goes through a bed each night. And that's, you know, kind of the real detox that you do because it resets your endocrine system, your immune system, your inflammatory responses. You know, you can actually test that. You can see that um, one of the first things that, that happen when, when we are stressed, you know, in this hamster wheel and we're running about doing all of our tasks is that we lie awake at night and then we can't fall asleep. Or even worse, we go on Facebook and we can't go to sleep because we're, you know, locked into our little screens. Um, and that kind of, you know, screws up our circadian rhythm. So we stay up too long at night and then we feel sluggish in the morning and we don't get enough sleep and then we go and coffee or loads of raw chocolate or anything to give you that energy boost and really it's just about not sleeping enough and you can you can measure that in a, in a lab test if you go there's nothing wrong with you know doing this like a couple of times those of us who have small children you know we get exhausted all of the time so it's not that you're going to die just from one night of not sleeping enough enough it's just 
um, when you do it all of the time. Um, so you can measure it in, in a lab test uh, as the cortisol awakening response. Because when you wake up in the morning, you don't need to, feel, you shouldn't feel sluggish or tired. You should just wake up, the sun is shining and you don't even have to have an alarm clock. You should just wake up, uh, you know, with, when the sun comes in. So in Denmark and in Norway, we should like in the winter time sleep till 10. <laughs> but you get the gist of it. When you get the sun in your eyes, the, that is a signal that you release all of the cortisol that your body has been producing uh, in your adrenals. It does that from around four o'clock in the morning, the production goes up and then at its highest, uh, we get sun in our eyes and that's a signal for us to wake up and release loads of cortisol. So we get really fresh and awake and then it drops gradually through the day. And then at the evening when it gets dark again, you naturally feel sleepy and you know, you just go to bed and don't have any problems sleeping. And that cortisol awakening response is really important for the way your body cleanses itself. And when I talk about cleansing, I actually more talk about the immune system because that cortisol response is, um, is a signal for your body. When you sleep at night, your immune system kind of cleanses itself and it takes those dysfunctional cells and stores it and the cortisol awakening response is a signal for all of those cells that are not uh, working correctly who's been autoimmune tagged uh, like ready to attack our own body cells um, to to undergo apoptosis you know to kind of kill themselves so if we don't have that really high spike of cortisol in the morning we don't get a bodily cleanse we don't get that cleanse that, that our body has been working on, on all night. This is not the same as when you drink coffee. It's a different? It's different, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it, coffee is a whole biochemical, um, it's really complicated with coffee. Uh, but no, you need to have that light in your eyes, have a whole night of sleep and take really good care of your body um, and get up and enough also of the nutritional compounds that are necessary to, to take care of your um, stress system, like tyrosine, which is an amino acid that you use to, to, to build adrenaline. And when you get enough tyrosine, it makes us more, um, you know, they did some studies on, on soldiers, American soldiers, you know, young muscular soldiers, and they saw what happens to their um, ability to counterbalance stress um, in combat if they were deprived from tyrosine and then they enriched their food with tyrosine and they kind of saw the difference and they can see it in, in their ability to, to work on difficult tasks during stress and the endurance and the ability to sleep better and the after effects of stress they didn't get depressed afterwards um, and you know you can say a lot about those studies, they were American young soldiers. And what do, does that have to do with women and especially moms? And now I'm a single mom of three kids. And I would say my day uh, as a businesswoman and, and, and mom, it has a lot to do with it, it, it. I think it's quite similar to American young soldiers at war. You know, my stress levels are there. So this is, I think, nurturing yourself 
sleeping enough, um, getting the right nutrients for your body, looking into your own biochemistry instead of just going on some random generalized cleanse. This is so much more important because most of the, the way that, that the health industry has been communicating all of this detox, when you look at those symptoms for needing a cleanse, it's kind of also the way that you feel when you're just exhausted and haven't been sleeping enough and you haven't been eating properly. And if you go and that you just keep pushing yourself, pushing yourself and pushing yourself, and then I'll just cleanse for a week and see if everything must get fine then. You know, that's actually in the long term, maybe even more demanding and stressful for your body. So but even if sometimes I uh, sleep really well and I still wake up and I feel brain foggy, I am tired, uh, I eat really well, where do we go? What do we do with that? Well, I, I usually don't take just one symptom and say, what is this? You know, we look at all of the symptoms that each person experiences. I have a test on my website, a kind of I don't know if you've tried it, but you can see you, you, this is questionnaire with all of the symptoms of low cortisol, low DHEA, um, and high adrenaline, high cortisol, um, and high estrogen, low estrogen, low progesterone, and so on. And you can even see all of the thyroid symptoms. And then you go from there and you see a percentage of each hormone imbalance. And most of the time, it's an imbalance in cortisol. So it's high cortisol, a low cortisol, cortisol. And you just start from there. You get loads of tips for what do you do with the low cortisol or what do you do with the symptoms of high cortisol? And it's, it's starting from there, getting enough sleep, first of all, listening to your body. What does it want? Trying to create that feeling of that internal feeling, not just a list of things that you've read that is good for cortisol levels or for your body, but really getting that feeling of oxytocin instead of that feeling of adrenaline, like run to the gym, run to yoga, do green smoothies, <laughs> but really feeling that, that um, feeling, you know, in Japanese, it's called mushi mushi. Um, you, you get that feeling of I really, think, yeah. yeah. That exactly. word is like an international word now. It is now, yeah. Well, you know, we take credit for that. <laughs> yeah, but it is a Danish concept. It is. But I, like the, is. Yeah, the candlelights, the blankets, all of that. Exactly. And also Everything you wrote that... a Hygge checklist once in the newsletter. Yeah. And I reposted that because that is such a calming perspective again and i think it's so important to 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 remind ourselves to to relax this is for most women because we are so different we need to to cleanse in another way you know my husband he can go so high all day um he has a perfect digestion he eats a lot of crappy food he's so yeah. happy i'm like i couldn't do that i need to rest more and and not only not doing anything but really feeling that hygge sense yes and i think it's because oxytocin is so important for for women much more important than than it is for men um because it's we need as women you know we need that um fellowship you know with other women um that's how we make a lot of oxytocin that's 
all of the things that feel good to you, like blankets and, and soft, comfy clothes, you know, yoga clothes. I wear it all day long. <laughs> I never go out without yoga clothes. Corona vacation, like this period of time, it's just like every day for me. You know, I sit at home in my blankets and yoga clothes and eat chocolate. Um, so all of the things that feel really good in your skin and dimmed lighting, you also look better in dimmed lighting, candlelights, and, and feeling warm, you know, sitting in front of the fireplace, eating a bit of chocolate. And I actually have clients where, you know, the clients that I get now are like so stressed from living healthy. They do everything correct and they don't get it. Why do I still feel crappy? And then we go through that. They actually sleep too little. They just run this vicious schedule to fit, you know, they have the normal schedule and then they push this regimen of, of healthcare on top of that. So they're just busy all of the time instead of really just feeling themselves and feeling what do I need now? So I put them on Netflix and crisps, <laughs> you know, because a lot of the time they also need more carbohydrates because they've been on low carb or high protein or any other fat diet, but kind of everybody thinks that carbohydrates are so bad for us. But this study is indicating that women need at least 150 grams of carbohydrates. That's like five big bananas worth of carbohydrates a day just to maintain our ovulation. And if uh, there's so many things that, that affects a, a female body in different ways than a male body and the carbohydrates are one thing, but stress also affects the female body in a totally different way than, than it does for men most of the time because our hormonal system is such, so much more uh, complicated and delicate. It's not fragile, but it's not, we, you know, we don't live in a lifestyle or, or kind of a world that's, designed for women and for our needs and women cannot just run this busy hamster wheel all of the time because stress really affects our ovulation and it it might sound like ovulation is only important when you are trying to conceive or something but ovulation is really important because you don't make progesterone your second most famous female female sex hormone um, if you don't ovulate and stress and low thyroid is, are, are the two main things blocking our ovulation and not just the ovulation because if you ovulate then the the um, empty follicle the, the sac that the egg was in before ovulation um, it gets transformed into this tissue called corpus luteum and the corpus luteum it's kind of one of the most um, energy demanding um, high metabolism tissues in the body. It grows um, explosively fast. So, so it has a lot of um, um, energy production inside of it. And every time you have uh, energy production is like a combustion. So you need, you, you produce all of these um, free radicals inside of it. Um, and then you have to have a lot of antioxidants. So actually the fluid inside of the follicle is filled with uh, vitamin C, probably to counterbalance this 
rapid production of energy and all of these free radicals because vitamin C is a free radical scavenger. So it captures the free radicals and then the, the corpus luteum can grow if you have enough of those factors for energy production like CoQ10 and B vitamins. Uh, you also need iodine and magnesium to have a proper uh, energy production. So if all of this works and you have enough uh, vitamin C and other antioxidants uh, in your follicular fluids, then you have enough uh, progesterone production. And progesterone also has the effect, it's, you know, it's essential if you want to get pregnant, but it's also vital for your neurotransmitters, for your balance in your brain, for you to feel happy and relaxed for your sleep, because it gets transformed to another compound called anopregnenolone, um, and allopregnenolone works as a neurotransmitter. It's, it couples to the GABA receptor, which is kind of, it's the same receptor that Valium uh, connects to. So it gets you really relaxed and feeling good and you sleep better when you produce a lot of, a lot of progesterone. But it's also vital for every other system, for your bone density, for your skin, uh, for feeling vital and happy and for your inflammatory response, it's even important. Estrogen is inflammatory and progesterone is anti-inflammatory. Um, but stress and not getting enough nutrients affects your ovulation. And if your ovulation is affected, then you will feel stressed and you'll feel crappy and everything. And that's so important because um, it's a lecture in how sensitive the female body is to the environment that we're in. Because the female body is of course designed for pleasure, but it's also designed for, for giving life. We are the, the, the people that bring life to this world. So it's kind of intuitive that our body needs to be a lot more sensitive to this, the, the environment that we are in. Because if we had war, if there's a famine, other natural stress factors, you know, it's vital that our bodies shuts down our ability to produce more humans because it's so stressful for the body to be pregnant. You know, it could be damaging to our own health if we go to um, a pregnancy that the body is not really capable of going through. So it kind of shuts down the system immediately because it's so important for us. Um, so a lot of the well-being of women, we can actually track in our menstrual cycle. If we're too stressed, if we don't get enough nutrients, you start to see it on your, in your menstrual cycle, like irregularities, like PMS, tender breasts and clotting and bleeding too much or bleeding too little or other irregularities. So the female body is a lot more different than you know, in every way. It's not the small difference that everybody told you about in the 70s. Um, there's a huge difference between men and women. You know, you're married, you know. <laughs> oh, yes. But men can, can, can go through stress because they have a lot of testosterone. So they work different in stressful times. They have more endurance where we really need to, to take better care of our bodies and get rest and, and take really good care of oxytocin levels. So more sex, more chocolate, more sleep, more everything that feels mm, more hygge. 
So we are actually running on a, a masculine hormone cycle. M- many women, yeah. like the world is kind of on this testosterone ride that we, yes. because we, you know, the equality and we should be this, as best as better than the men or like, in, you know, all this talking about being in the front, being leader, you know, and we, we are exhausted, you know, because yes. we think that is powerful to be just as men. Yes, and it's actually and the at the same time, you have to look better than every other woman and you have to, you know, we have so high standards for ourselves. So we have to look better, put on more products, be slimmer. You know, it's a constant race for all of the girls that we, we, put ourselves in so it's we, we kind of you know in the middle east you talk about how women's rights are you know terrible women are liberated but we're not liberated either we just put all of these demands on ourselves instead so when you talk about equal rights you know it's not really about equal rights it's also about equal rights of course but equality doesn't mean the same you know it's not about Equality is not us being little men. <laughs> it's about us going into ourselves and finding out what do my body need. Of course, it's a fair, it's fair wages and stuff like that. You know, that's even you know that should just be. But it's really about taking care of ourselves and and finding out what our bodies need instead of trying to to run an everyday life like like men do. And not feel bad if we sit in the couch all day, you know, maybe I feel yeah. sometimes like so uh, happy and, and confident when I'm busy. I have I'm this, but I can also feel like a little man when I'm in that, you know, I'm going really fast and I'm like, I don't want to even want to breathe this. I'm like, I don't have time for that. And I've been so much in my life in that state and it's tearing on my system. It's like, it's aging me so quickly. It is. It and is sometimes when I eat chocolate and look at Netflix, I can, f- especially in the wrong time of the day, if it's like in the late afternoon, or I can feel like, oh shit, I should be doing something. And mm-hmm. we need to let go of that. Yes, that guilt feeling of taking care of ourselves, because you know we've been raised to kind of well, moms and women in general, but mostly uh, moms. You know, we should be taking care of other people all of the time but the mom is first is like that um when you when you're going on an airplane and there's trouble and and you you know th- those masks drop down the oxygen masks you know put them on yourself first and then on your children so take care of yourself first because you know a happy mom makes the whole family happy you know so i've i've stopped all of the guilt and I, I actually you know unless I've done something really, really bad. <laughs> Otherwise, I never feel guilty now about taking care of myself because I know that I'm, when I take care of myself, that's when I get my best ideas. That's when I, you know, everything falls into place in my brain when I don't work. Um, that's when I have the space to be creative. And so everything just get, gets so much better when I take the time to nurture myself. I always have pen and paper next to the bathtub because when there's a problem that I can't solve or don't know what to do about, 
I'd, I'd take a bath and, you know, take some cup of tea and some chocolate with me, listen to music. And then it just says, Kapow! and I have the idea and the solution. I know what to do. Sometimes it's even stressful to, to rest when you're an entrepreneur because you get so many ideas. And that's the, the best ideas that I've ever had for my business, my life in general. I always have, you know, when I take the time just for me, when I go for that walk in the forest, when I take that long bath, when I just uncouple and just lie on the couch and watch Netflix, um, that's when I get the best ideas. I can feel so recharged after, after seeing a romantic movie. Like I feel like yeah. I'm about the massage or something. I feel so clear in my mind. I'm like, wow. It's, it's almost too easy and it's like too good and simple to try. Yeah, to try. <laughs> you know, you can't put it in, you, you can't, you can't make an online course on that and, and earn a lot of money because it's too uncomplicated. <laughs> yeah. But, But it is. And I love that the, the best ways of taking care of myself is like the little things that you can do on your own that doesn't have to be so complicated as, you know, booking a massage. That's also really nice, but you have to have that everyday pleasure. So you have to, you have to get that pleasure, that oxytocin feeling, the same amount of time that you get that adrenaline feeling. So if you have to go and book a massage and go or go to a yoga session every time to de-stress, you know, you can be doing anything else and running around a vicious schedule of pleasure. And it shouldn't be like that. So that everyday pleasure is really what's important. Taking time to kiss your husband, taking time to cuddle your children. Um, I do this washa self-massage every evening while I watch Netflix and just, you know, try to get that feeling inside of me. And it doesn't really, that, that feeling of total relaxation. And it doesn't have to be called meditation or visualization or yoga. You know, yoga just means unifying, unifying your body and your mind. So you don't actually have to do anything. To be, I think the best yoga is savasana, where you just lie in a corpse pose, and and you know I do that eight hours in bed all all night. Um, so it doesn't have to be so complicated or follow some kind of a system. It has to follow your own system um, of what's good for you and what gets you that mm, feeling. But what about the? good cup of coffee in the morning if that gives a really like ah and you, you feel maybe a little bit like a high but what I feel is like a little bit of energized but also I can feel fuck Carolina says that coffee is bad and I get a little bit conflicted but I yeah. really love that taste and just a little good cup of coffee what do you think about that well I'm gonna take the guilt out of that because I drink that one good co cup of coffee each morning as well so <laughs> 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 I know I think coffee is, is kind of a two-edged sword you know it's uh for some people it's not really good if you're really stressed and worn out you don't have to do you, you should be really careful about trying to it's not that there's anything wrong with coffee it's the way that we use coffee to kind of push ourselves when the body is kind of drained you know you just push it further with energizers But there's nothing wrong in, in taking a cup of coffee sometimes. So just also before I do interviews or before I go on stage, which I, because of COVID, I don't do a lot these days, 
I always drink a, a shot of uh, espresso just to, because that's, that's when you need adrenaline, you know, you have to perform well. And that's a good stress. That's another thing about stress that we think it's so bad. It's just like when we talk about in the health industry about inflammation, it's bad. Everything has to be anti-inflammatory. Everything has to be anti-stress. Well, you can do anti-stress because then you wouldn't do anything. You know, your body is designed for stress. It just has to be in the right amounts of stress and you have to counterbalance it. You know, animal, animals get stressed all of the time, but they have this quick, uh, stress response, you know, the immediate stress, the fight or flight stress response, the, the adrenaline goes up and then the cortisol goes up. And then when, when there's no enemies around, they rest, you know, because their minds are different than our minds are. When, when an animal gets stressed, they have more simplistic brains than we do. The animal is just all of the time mindful because it's only in the now all of the time. Their brains cannot think about the future or the past. So when there's like um, a zebra in a savanna and, and there's a lion chasing it, it, it runs away. It's filled with adrenaline and filled with stress hormones and it gives it everything that can. And then when the danger is over and the, the lion gives up, um, it just, it's, it chills around the savanna. Oh, that's my friends, you know, let's hang around. And it, it kind of, sometimes they shake themselves. They go through the shaking process and they kind of reset the nervous system. They downregulate. Whereas women, uh, women, just um, not just women, everybody, uh, people, humans, our bodies work different because we can think about the future. We can be in the past seldomly we're just in the now so if we get get chased by a lion or you know you run to the bus or you you want after the bus after it's driven away from you or you push yourself to get to the meeting sometimes you know the kind of stresses that we experience when a lion is gone the um, the danger is over we don't just hang around at the savannah and chill you know, and talk to our friends like nothing ever happened. We go, oh my God, this could have been so bad. If this lion had, had eaten me, what would my children have been doing? Who should be taking care of them? Who could be paying the bills? Oh, who, who's going to do the, the dishes when I get home and I'm dead? So we worry so much. So we don't really downregulate after danger. We kind of, we're stuck in it and we don't downregulate our nervous systems very well. Um, so that's a difference between the fight and flight in animals and in humans. That's actually that we've evolved so much that it's so different for our brains to just be in the now. We're always in tomorrow or yesterday worrying. And that's so stressful for our systems. And if you kind of always push your body like that and, and you're always in fight or flight, just a little bit, you, you wear yourself down, you know, and it, it, it's not just a term that we use, you know, psychologically, it's, it's biochemically as well, you wear yourself down, you can even see it, you know, you age quicker, your skin gets more, it, get, it gets thinner and more like parchment or something, it gets so, you can see it, you get more wrinkles, um, but pleasure, actually counterbalance those processes again there's a sex 
of, of course, we haven't even mentioned sex, and that's like the ultimate way of, of pleasure, sex or self-gratification. But there's a study showing that that women who live in safe relationships and have uh, what's called safe, not safe sex in the terms of using a condom, but uh, <laughs> um, sex with a partner um, that feels good and, and you feel safe on a regular basis. And on a regular basis, it's like, each day or every other day, um, as opposed to women who have who live in celibacy, and are in the studies that celibacy is having sex less than well once a month. So most people, <laughs> those people who lived in celibacy, are had really uh, didn't have a lot of sex. They or orgasms. They um, they looked on average four to 10 years older than the women who had on the couples who had regular sex. And, and that's because when you have sex, you release so much oxytocin, so much growth factor, so many, um, so much estrogen, so much um, progesterone, so like every hormone that's good for your body. And that enhances the, the, your skin texture and hydration of the skin and your complexity everything your new chemistry that's just it could be done with just an, an orgasm a day <laughs> wow that's so nice to hear <laughs> yeah, isn't it <laughs> what about my last question what about raw chocolate oh uh, you know orgasms and, and raw chocolate that's like that must be the nirvana of health <laughs> you couldn't kind of can't get any better than that the way that i love raw chocolate um I think everybody does, um, but there's some some compounds in chocolate. You know, it's it's like coffee. It's such a complex food biochemically because it's it has so many compounds inside it. But one of those are it's, you know it's filled with antioxidants and stuff like that. Wonderful things. Um, but flavonoids, it has it has these flavonoids in in it um, that works as a mayo inhibitor and mayo uh, is um, is um, an enzyme um, that breaks down serotonin so when you inhibit mayo it's it uh, it kind of makes serotonin your your happy hormone our neurotransmitter work longer in the brain so you have more you, the more chocolate you eat basically the happier you are <laughs> Wow, oh, that's um, that yeah. should be on the um, big poster in the cafes. Like, yes, this is the science behind it. It's the answer. Eat to it. everything. <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's also connecting us to the moment. Uh, speaking of you know presence and animals and that senses and um, you know physical touch and and taste and all that uh, brings us really to the moment and kind of stop the busy mind and the worrying. That's yeah. why I love, you know, the nice coffee tables with all the cakes and yeah. it kind of, it's beautiful and it tastes so good and it's very simple. It is. That is, um, yeah, let's not complicate it more. It's really just about yeah. pleasure diet. I really look forward to read that book. Sleep, sex <laughs> and having good people around you. I think that's not too... Like where we started out, those people that don't necessarily live on green smoothies or cleanses, but they 
look good and they feel good and they have these really good healthy relationships. It brought me to think about one study of the Mediterranean uh, diet, you know, that we praise so much. And there was actually a study where you took the Mediterranean diet out of the setting of communal eating. They, they looked into um, people who moved from the Mediterranean to America and they settled in a small village and they kept that kind of the, um, they kept eating the Mediterranean diet, but they all also kept like the social structure of communal eating. So every day, you know, they were huge families and they would eat out on the street with uh, huge tables and, and always being together like that and eating together. So, you know, it was like one big party each night. Um, like you do more of uh, in the Mediterranean. But then as, as times change and the young people moved away to go to university and they came back with a new structure for society, you know, like we do today where your mom and a dad and an average one point, what, four children. Um, and you eat together. There's no nanny. There's no, no, or what do you call the grandmas and the grandparents. They don't live together anymore. And they started having all of the same kinds of, of um, diseases that you see in the rest of the society. So there's also a thesis around the Mediterranean diet that it's not really that much of the Mediterranean diet as this might be a social compound to it. The lifestyle, the, the fun, the joy, the communal thing that also affects the body. Mm. And we forget that in these times. Yeah, we're so self-centered and we're so driven by our careers and our individual, not asking for help, not opening up because we're going to show how strong we are and how equal we are with the men. And it's kind of on the wrong track. We can do it otherwise. We can relax. We can connect with others. We can ask for help. We can cry. We can be vulnerable. And in that feels so much more powerful. It does. It's actually really one of the strongest things you can do is letting yourself feel vulnerable. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Caroline. I'm going to re-listen to this many times. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to look more into the work of Carolina Feedback, you can click into carolinafeedback.dk. I also wrote this in the show notes. And she also has this amazing online store where you can buy all the good stuff. Green Goddess Guide. I really recommend to check that out. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please send me a comment. Or if you have a question, you can send it at Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, at Tidilrefsum or Oslo Raw. And you can subscribe and follow the Oslo Raw podcast on iTunes, Spotify to catch the next episode. And if you enjoyed this, I would be very happy if you headed over to iTunes podcast and rate and review this show. That would be making me really happy. Um, have a lovely day. Take care.